0: What's going on, everyone? Alex Silva. I hope you are well and you're having an amazing day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. It has been a while. Apologies. I'm back. And I have been to what feels like to hell and back. I'm going to tell you the journey. I'm going to explain why. I hope you're looking forward to this. Let's get started. So back in June of 2023, I had a car accident, lost control of my car in the rain. The rain was really, really bad. And um, I ripped my car off. And uh, I talked about this before, you know, about the car accident and, you know, what it has done for me. But what I didn't tell you, because I didn't know, was what was to come. So, when I had the car accident, as you guys know through previous uh, episodes, I came out as I thought unscathed. On the outside, I looked okay, had a little bit of back problem, but I had kind of tweaked my back just a tiny bit when I was training with a friend at the gym. Had a car accident, went home, took some painkillers, rest, and over time, I felt everything was okay. Carried on as normal, you know, through life with. Family, children, business, everything, and um, over time, all of a sudden, my back problems begin, and it begins after a body weight workout, something that I do regularly. As you know, some of you may or may not know, um, I like to train regularly. I've always trained throughout my whole life. I've done MMA, CrossFit. I've always done weight training, functional fitness. You know, I've always just loved. Some form of training that helps me to stay healthy, mind, body, spirit. That's just me. I've always enjoyed it. And um, I was doing a nice workout in the garden. It was a beautiful day. Felt great. The next day I woke up, couldn't walk. Um, came down the stairs of, of my old house and collapsed on the floor and couldn't move, basically. Basically couldn't move. Um and that's kind of where it be- where things began to, to sort of just worry me slightly because I've had back issues before. I've had sciatica, but never anything that was quite as painful and as uncomfortable as what I was experiencing back then. We, My wife and I found um, we were recommended a chiropractor. I've never worked with chiropractors before, and it came recommended because – they specialize in spine and the nerves. And to me, that felt like it was a sort of a nerve problem. It felt like something was pinching. And also, as well, I was misaligned because of the pain. And I went to see them, went to see them. They did scans on the spine, on the nerves. They did all this charade. They gave me the whole sales pitch about how wonderful they are and what they can do for me. And they show me this journey. And I know all of this stuff. I'm, I'm in sales. I understand it. But I went more with their reputation and, you know, how they were coming across. So I needed somebody to help me because by the time I went to see them, I was really struggling to walk. And I was in so much pain that I, you know, I needed the help. So I wanted to kind of trust them. And I paid for a block booking. And um, this was over a few months. So this kind of started, we started this process by, I guess by this point was probably about July time. And um, we started working together on a weekly basis and then started to feel better. We did another assessment where they'll scan the spine and they will scan the nerves. And one of the things they mentioned to me before is that I had an issue with one of my discs. I think it was like a, a uh, medium case of a uh, de- degenerative disc problem. So I was like, okay, well, you know, can it be solved? Can we do something about this? You know, is this okay? And they're like, yes, yes, of course, you know, oh, we can do everything and, you know, we're going to help you. Don't worry. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I paid for the service. So fingers crossed, this will be okay. So we did another assessment and I started to feel better. I, you know, the pain was subsiding and I could walk, I could do things, you know, I started to go to the gym slowly, doing things very carefully because I didn't want to do something that was going to make it worse. So I wasn't training as much as I usually would be or to the intensity, you know, that that I would train. And uh, also I was obviously following what they were saying to me as I'm trusting the professionals. So they did the second, re, you know, they did the second uh, um, assessment. I grew by, uh, I went from five, I've always been 178. And all of a sudden I grew like, you know, an inch. So I went from 5'11 to five, sorry, 5'10 to 5'11, which I was really happy about because I've never, you know. So for me, that was great. I was like, wow, add two centimeters to my height. That's brilliant. What man's going to complain about that? I've always wanted to be 6'2". So it's not quite 6'2", but 5'11", I'll accept that. I'll take that any day. So I was happy. And I thought, wow, this is cool. You know, I'm feeling good. I felt realigned. You know, I grew, which is really cool because the realignment, apparently that's something that can help. I don't know. So carried on. One of the things I mentioned was I started to get some sciatic, uh, beginning signs of sciatica on my bum and Uh, Just above the ankle. I started to feel these things. Wasn't really too sure, but I wanted to mention because they're the experts and I wanted to make sure that there was nothing wrong or something that they needed to be aware of. So everything that was happening, I was making them aware because they're working on me constantly. So I want to make sure that I'm not getting worse, but I'm getting better because they talk about, you know, you got to keep doing this, you know, long term. And obviously me being a coach, doing what I do, I know the long term benefits of investing in yourself. So that's exactly what I did. I'm investing in myself, I'm trusting a professional, who's has my, you know, best interest at heart to help me to to get to, to where I want to be. And um, I had a goal, they wrote the goals down and we had all of these things planned out so this is very you know from guy, I saw it was all very professional so I told him about sciatica you know as we're working it's okay I've always been told yes it's okay everything is okay everything is okay anyways cut the story short you know we're now coming up to September time so this has been a few months now and one so this is seven weeks ago from today seven weeks ago from today I got sciatica so this is on a Monday morning I wake up in the morning and I I'm in pain I can feel the sciatic pain so I was like okay I know what to do here started doing flossing doing the things that I'm supposed to do I've had it through training that's something that I you know I, I've had once maybe twice before and I haven't really had it a lot thankfully because it's not something that um I recommend or wish on anyone to go through because it is very uncomfortable, very painful. So it began. But as time went on, as I got to, one of the things I started to notice is I was getting the sciatic pain, but what was happening is my toe on my right foot was tingling. And I've never had that before. That's not a sign of sciatica as I know it. I was like, okay, I'm massaging everything, make sure everything is okay. I'm, you know, ice packing. I'm not stretching because I don't want to irritate the nerves. I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do, continue. So by this point, this is now Wednesday. So this started on Monday. By Wednesday, I can't sleep in my own bed. I'm having to sleep on a sofa where I'm sitting right now. And I'm uncomfortable. I'm in pain. And it's shooting pain. Shooting pain down the back of my legs shooting pain down the side of my legs where my shin are on both sides. And it's beginning to be constant by Wednesday now. So this is three days in my foot is tingling. Although, you know, when you sit on your feet for too long and it starts to go numb, I'm starting to get these sensations and I'm thinking this is weird. This is not right. So by Wednesday, I then go to the chiropractor again because I had my appointment. They get me to lie down on my front, which is usually what they do. So they'll get you to lie down, to relax, and they'll put these blocks underneath you, you know, just to kind of do the realignment, which is something that they do. Honestly, I was in so much agony because I couldn't sleep on my back. By this point, I was in so much agony. I couldn't sleep on my back. I couldn't sleep on either side. I had to find a comfortable position. So where I'm sitting right now, I literally lived in here on this position. If you're watching this on video, if you're listening on audio, it's hard to kind of understand. But I was in a sitting position. where I have four pillows on the sofa. I piled the pillows up against the back of the sofa And that's the only way I could sleep in the fetal position, literally upright. So if you imagine a hospital bed where they move, so you can, you know, the back of the bed can go up and down. So imagine not putting it fully up, but I'd probably say about 30, so like maybe 40, 40, 45 degree, that kind of that angle where you're not quite upright, but you're just slightly under where you get that comfortable position where you're not putting any pressure on the spine. And that's where I found some comfort, but I'm still in pain. I'm still getting that shooting pain down the, uh, the down my leg, um, where the 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 shin is, and it's it's becoming constant. It's becoming a constant thing, and my feet are continuing to go numb. So the toes are starting to go numb. I'm starting to get that feeling on my feet, that is very strange. So this is by Wednesday. So I go to see them, they get me on my front and I'm trying to lie on my front and I'm in so much agony to the point where I have to get myself up and almost go into the, uh, downward not downward dog, the child's pose where you're on your knees and you're kind of stretching your arms out. That's, that's how I was finding comfort. And the chiropractor kept saying to me, no, no, no lie on your front. Cause it will relax you. And I went, this isn't relaxing. I mean, agony i'm in agony so i went screw this i'm gonna sit up so i sat up chiropractor come in and i explained to them look i cannot lie on my front i am in so much agony that and i and i started getting really emotional so i sat down they got me to sit down and they started to kind of do some bits and pieces on me nothing really effective and they booked another appointment for for that friday so as time then goes by comes Friday, I had the appointment, went to them on Friday. And by this point, I, the, the, pain's worse. My foot is now starting to go numb and I'm worried because I've never experienced this before. I'm starting to get, you know, numbness around, you know, my, my feet and just a little bit around, you know, the, the sort of the side of the, the, the shin. I'm thinking what is going on just above the ankle, And I've never experienced this in my life. I don't know what the hell is going on. And they try to do the same thing. And when I am not lying on my front, absolutely not. The pain has gotten worse. So I'm telling the chiropractor this. So again, you know, we do some very basic things. I'm there for like 10 minutes and I leave. Still leaving exactly the same amount of agony that I was in before. Nothing was sorted. I leave, go home. And I get home and thank God my wife is at home. And I said to her, because I went to pick the kids up from school, came home. And I said, listen, I need you to come downstairs and help me because I'm in so much pain. I can't because I will usually pick my son up and take him up the stairs. And I would have like a shopping bag and, you know, school bags and stuff like that. I could carry them up. No problems at all. And this is how much pain I was in. So. We live in an apartment. And it's two flights of stairs, no lift. So two flights of stairs. Kitties are running up the stairs. You know, my wife is 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 obviously helping, and I've got two trays of. It's probably about 20 20 to twenty eggs, maybe. Let's say between thirty-two to forty eggs between two trays. I'm carrying two trays of eggs. Like I said anything between, you know, 32 to 40 eggs. Let's just throw them up in here, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of looking at the tray right now. I can't really count it, but you know, it's around about that figure. So as you can see, it's not heavy, it's not heavy. And that's the only thing I can carry. So I'm carrying this up. By this point, my right foot has gone completely numb and it's dropped. I didn't realize it, but it had dropped. And all of a sudden I'm walking up the stairs, Kind of hobbling up the stairs and I'm in agony. I get to the top of the 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 second, which is obviously the landing where we are, and my wife comes out and she says, Are you okay? And I gave her the eggs. I said, Please take these eggs. And I collapse on the floor. Now let me try and describe this to you so you've got a bit of an idea of what I was going through by this point. I'm on my knees screaming. I'm crying. Because I mean, so much agony, so much pain, literally shooting up my legs all the way into my back. It literally felt like it was just up and down, the 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 lower part of my back, my bum, down my hamstrings, all the way down to my legs. My legs were just, it was constant, constant pain all the way down, bottom of the spine, lower lumbers, all the way down. And I'm crying and crying and crying. I cannot move i mean so much pain my wife obviously takes the kids in because you know my wife has never seen me in this situation so let alone the kids and they're only little they're you know uh, two and five so she takes them in puts a little program on for them and comes back out to see if i'm okay i said i'm really not something's wrong here um can you help me into the bedroom i couldn't get up i could just about and i had to crawl from the top of the stairs into my flat, into our bedroom. And I'm in our bedroom now and I'm sobbing, sobbing. It's the only way that I can describe. I'm, in, I'm sobbing and I'm begging. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? Please stop, please stop. Because I'm in so much pain. And I, I cannot describe what this feels like. I cannot describe it. My wife is looking at me. And she said to me later on, she goes, you sounded like a, a, you were wailing. You were in so much pain. And honestly, there were times I couldn't even remember. I almost felt like at one point I was going to pass out because I was in so much pain. And I have never felt this before. I've had sciatica. You know, I've, I've kind of hurt myself, you know, just through training and stuff like that. But I have never, ever, ever felt anything like this before. I've tweaked my back, you know, doing MMA, doing jujitsu, you know training, anything. I never felt anything like this. And it scared me. It really, really scared me because by this point, my foot had dropped. My leg now is starting to go numb and I'm scared. And I said to my wife, listen, we need to call the ambulance because this isn't normal. She calls the ambulance. We start having a conversation. I'm describing what's going on. Thank God the pain starts to ease and... I'm then talking to the the, the lady on, on the other side of the of the phone who was amazing. And she was asking me a number of questions because what she was trying to establish was it called a Requiner syndrome. I was like, what the hell is called a Requiner syndrome? And she was asking, am I experiencing numbness? I said, yes. I told her where. By this point, my right, my left, foot so my toe same thing that happened to the right one starts to go numb i'm starting to feel it on my left foot now so i'm describing this to her and she's saying you know is um are you losing sensations in your private area and i said it's starting to feel a little bit weird it's starting to feel like i'm getting just a very slight numbness sensation So as I'm describing these sensations to her, I have no idea what called a requiner is. No idea. Never heard of this in my life. She says, okay, listen, we're going to send an ambulance out to you. They'll get there as soon as possible. I said, no problems at all. We get the kids in bed. By this time, it's seven o'clock. The pain has eased off. I've taken some painkillers. The ambulance arrives. Me being who I am, I'm like, cool, we're going to go. Let's go. Because I'm in pain. I don't want to be here anymore. We need to get this looked at. So I just, in my mind, got up and thought that they were going to take me. So I get up thinking they're going to take me. And they're like, no, sir, we want to ask you some questions. Do you mind if we come in and you sit down? I said, yes. Now, I'm in this sofa and I'm walking, what, 10, 5, 10 meters? I haven't got a ruler, but I'm kind of going to assume it's about 5, 10 meters, which is from the sitting position that I'm in right now on my sofa to the living room door. So that's not really far. So let's say five meters at tops. That's how much I walked. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is I'll I'll explain later. They then come in, they sit down, they start asking me questions, and I'm explaining the same thing as I told, you know, when we called uh, the emergency services and what they're trying to establish as well, is it called a requiner syndrome. Now, this is what blows my mind. The paramedic who's asking me all these questions doesn't know what the symptoms are. He has to Google it in order to confirm what I'm telling him. And I'm telling him that I'm in agony. I found a comfortable position, but I'm in pain. And I'm explaining to them the same thing, my foot is dropped. I've got numbness on my feet. I'm in constant pain. And he said to me, Is the groin uh or the back um? gone numb and I said yeah my groin is starting to go numb I'm, I feel numbness so again I know nothing about cauda requina never heard of it I've never experienced don't know anybody that's experienced it never looked it up before because I never th- I just thought it was sciatica so we start talking and I'm really emphasizing the fact that I'm in agony that I've been sleeping on a sofa this is getting worse it's not getting better my foot has gone completely numb now this is frightening. So with all of this in mind, they refuse to take me to A&E, to the emergency services. They've refused to take me. Now, the reason why they refused to take me is because I walked from my sofa to my living room door and back. Now, their assumption was that because I'm able to get up and move, that I'm not critical enough for them to take me. So I'm going to have to find another way. So he said to me, can you find another way? I said, absolutely not. It's me and my wife at home. My kids are in bed. They're two and five. And I am not going on my own. And we're then, they're trying to trying to convince me and my wife to go. My wife's like, are you, would you be okay in the cam? I was like, absolutely not. Because by this point, I can walk from here to the same door and back and I'll collapse because I'm in so much agony. I can walk from here to the toilet or here to my bedroom and I'd collapse. That's how much pain I was in. I could not keep standing for too long. So I'm thinking in my head, I don't want to put myself in jeopardy jumping in, in, a, in a taxi or in a cab. And I know the hospital that they would take me at where they will drop me, which means that the walk from the cab to the door, it's quite a walk. And if I'm to collapse, and by this point, it's eight o'clock in the evening. If I collapse in the middle of the night, who's going to find me? How on earth am I going to get up and try and get myself to the hospital? You know, and I'm thinking, you know, I want to, I'm looking after my own safety. And I'm saying to them, why are you not taking me? I'm in agony here. I'm in absolute agony. I cannot move. What should I do? And their diagnosis was pretty much, well, you know, it's just a bad case of sciatica. This is what they said to me. tank painkillers. killers. You know, and then if you want to go in the morning, you can go in the morning. I took that as, OK, well, we sciatica, let's just see how we are. Take some painkillers. I actually slept OK. I'm still in pain. I wasn't getting a full night's sleep. The weekend went by. I went to see family. I wasn't doing huge amounts of walking because I couldn't, but just wanted to get out of, of the house. Just wanted to get a little bit of fresh air. Trusted the professionals and thought, you know, maybe I'll be OK. And Monday comes. Sunday evening, I had the worst night of my life. I probably slept maybe two hours, if that, because I was in so much agony. I phoned a friend who's uh, who's a physiotherapist. Mo, huge shout out to you. You saved my life. And honestly, you truly did because, because of you coming to my house and doing what you did and understanding the timelines of it now. You saved my life. You saved my life. So this friend of mine who I've known since school, we've known each other for, for many years, he's a private physiotherapist, really incredibly knowledgeable. I phoned him up and said, listen, I'm really struggling. I'm in so much pain. I just want some advice. Would you be able to help me? I'm describing everything to him. And he is telling me on the phone already, you know, Could it be signs of caudal requiner syndrome? And I laughed and said, interestingly enough, I told him what happened about the ambulance coming over. They refused to take me. And he said, look, he kind of gave me some tips and said to me, look, let me have a look at my diary. I've got, you know, quite an easy day today. He cleared his diary, phoned me back and said, I'll be with you within the hour. He turned up in my house, got his table out, sat me down, started to try and, you know, manipulate and help me where he could. Within minutes within minutes he went dude you're not right like this is really bad like I cannot manipulate you your muscles are now gone into into serious fight or flight system so to speak they're so tight now I cannot do anything and I don't want to do anything because it may cause it to tighten up even more and we talked about this possibility of calledquinr never heard of it before but he said you need to go to a and E as we're having this conversation, my wife turns up, they know each other. He had a conversation, but he even said to me, as he saw me, as he came into the apartment, I opened the door and I walked from the front door to the living room. This is a a, a professional private physiotherapist. He's not a, you know, a, a doctor He's incredible at what he does. He looked at me and went, this isn't right, mate. You're not, this isn't just a standard sciatica. And I told him about my foot what had happened? I told him about the numbness. And when he, you know, just looked at me, he couldn't even do anything because I was in so much agony. He couldn't even do anything. He went, I'm taking you to AE. This is when Lucy walked in. We went straight to AE. Now, the journey from AE, from my house to the hospital, is 10, 15 minutes. So it's not far. It's the next junction. So it's not far from where I am. By that time, we got into his car, we drive to the hospital. My left foot goes numb, completely numb, and this floppy. So I, my foot dropped. I cannot walk now. So this is the point where now I cannot walk. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, I said to him, dude, I can't move my foot. I can't walk. And he went and got a wheelchair. I managed to hobble myself into this wheelchair and I'm in agony by this point. So I'm in A and E, as may you know. Some of you may or may not know whether you're UK or somewhere else. A and E can be a wait. It can be a bit of a wait. And I was there for for a few hours. I got there in the afternoon. Excuse me, in the afternoon, maybe about half one, two o'clock in the afternoon, UK time. By the time I got some form of diagnosis, it was about ten o'clock in the evening. In between that time the pain was getting worse. The numbness was getting worse. And I started to notice that me being able to urinate was just getting that little bit harder. It wasn't as easy. So I, they had to give me some, some drugs, um, some painkillers because I was in so much pain and then it couldn't actually do any checks on me. Because by this point, I couldn't sit in any position other than in the wheelchair. That's it. I couldn't sit anywhere else. And I could only sit slightly on my side, either left or right, whichever position. And that's where I found comfort. I could not sit anywhere else. And when I found that comfort, I could not move. Because if I did, I'd be in agony and I'd probably start crying or screaming. So thankfully, they started to kind of give me some some medication. They had to give me some seriously strong stuff because in order for them to diagnose me, they had to do the checks, but they couldn't do it because they started to realize very quickly that I'm in a hell of a lot of pain. So they gave me the medication. As soon as it kicked in, they did the checks. And one of the checks is they stick your finger up your bum to check to see whether I'm losing strength in that area, and bladder. Now, with Corda Aquinas syndrome, what starts to happen is you start to lose these sensations, and very quickly, I think the nurse who who did the checks on me uh, realized—sorry, the doctor that did the check on me realized very quickly. Okay, this is a high possibility that he's—you know—this is called a Aquinas syndrome. Now, uh, they didn't do a, a, an MRI scan on me that evening, but they kept me in overnight. The next morning, which is now Tuesday, the twenty-sixth of September, twenty-three. They did the MRI scan as soon as they could. As soon as they did the MRI scan, they got the results pretty quickly, and it was it was positive, or it was confirmed. It's called a syndrome. So let me explain what that is. Corner Aquina syndrome is a very very rare condition. In the UK, there are between three hundred to six hundred cases per year. So it's considering there is sixty seven million people in the UK. It's minuscule. It's extremely, extremely rare. As I understand it today, what happens is it, I have a, a so my kind of degenerative, degenerative disc. I'm sorry, I can't say the word. That disc slipped. Now, as I understand it, when you have a, a, a slip disc or the, the, the disc uh, herniates, it herniates outwards. Now, the rarity we call a is it it herniates inwards, so it traps the nerve. And what it does, it, it the longer and longer it stays that way, not only then it starts to create damage to the nerve, but as I described through the journey, I start to get these numbness and these sensations through my body. So it starts obviously as you can as you've been listening literally from the bottom of my feet and it starts to go upwards 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 to then being in a position where i lose full bowel and bladder control now i'm at lister hospital by this point and the results came back uh, positive that yes it is called a requiner syndrome and they were like okay look we're in conversations with aden brooks which is in cambridge and we're going to blue light you from here to there, which is probably about, you know, if you're driving normally, 45 minutes to an hour. So they blue lighting me over there because, as it's called a requirement, and as I understand it today, you have to operate very, very quickly. So we're now getting ready, packing everything that I need. And here is where I got really, really scared. I have never been to the hospital for anything. Minor little things, you know, minor things. I might have, you know, banged a leg or, you know, I might have hurt myself in some way, but never had an operation, never broken anything. I tore my shoulder once, like a centimeter. So nothing major. Have never had an operation in my life. I'm sat in bed, we're kind of getting ready to go. And I say to the nurse, listen, I really need a wee, need to go to the toilet. She gives me this little box. Uh, this little cup thing, and I try to go and can't really feel much. So I say, well, look, I. I, I think maybe I'm just not, don't really need to go. Gave her this little cut back with very little in there. I'm just kind of waiting around. Next thing I look down, and I am covered in wee. I've lost bladder control, completely lost my bladder control. And as a man, as a 42-year-old man who has always been strong, healthy, always looked after myself mentally, physically, spiritually has never had any major issues that petrified me. It petrified me because I'm looking down at myself and I'm going, I've just, I've literally pissed the bed and the shame, the embarrassment, the remorse, I kept apologizing and going Oh my, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. And these nurses, they're amazing because they do this day in and day out. And they looked after me. They made me feel very comfortable. And I then get into the ambulance and get blue lit to, to, um, to the hospital and I get to the hospital now. So this is now a journey. So this is by the time I get to Aiden Brooks, this is now about eight o'clock, eight, nine o'clock in the evening on Tuesday. And They're debating on whether to operate on me that evening or the next day. So I'm having conversations, they're checking bloods, doing the usual things, talking to me. Are you feeling? What's your sensations? And I'm describing everything I've been describing, but it's getting worse. And they said to me, are you feeling any sensations around your bum? I said, well, yes, but I have been sat down for ages. And they said, "Okay, look, we need to just do some checks. I knew exactly what that check was going to be. It was the finger up the bum. So I get into a comfortable position. The doctor sticks her finger up, and she says, "Okay, squeeze." And I turn to her and say, "Squeeze." I can't feel anything. Pulls the finger around. She says, "We're operating on you tonight." They all then get together, start having the conversations like we're taking you up in the next twenty minutes. Here's the thing: as soon as this happens, as soon as I lose bowing bladder control, the as I understand it from the doctors and Uh, a doctor who we also know, uh, I have 48 hours in order to decompress the disc away from the nerve. Why? Because if I don't, there is a huge possibility that I will end up paralyzed from the waist down forever. No sense, no feelings, complete loss, control of bladder, bladder and bowel completely so the fact that that had happened they took me straight up to theater I got operated on and I came around the next day and I I'm in the ward and I'm looking down at myself and I looked at my feet and I went what the hell has happened to me a few days ago I'm walking I'm in pain but I'm walking And all of a sudden, I wake up in a ward and I can't move. The only thing that's working are my quads, the muscles at the front of my legs, the top of my legs. That's it. The consultant comes in and says, how are you feeling? It was like groggy, but I'm good. He says, are you in any pain? I said, absolutely not. He says, can you move? I said, no. The only thing I could do was to bring my knees towards me so I could move my legs but that's it that's as far as I could do and, and my legs were like jelly so because my 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 quads were still uh still working that's the only reason I could do my legs everything else had switched off and what I mean by switched off I could squat um about 140 kilos I could deadlift, you know, I was never kind of like, you know, I was, wasn't, by this point, I wasn't really training for, for heavy lifts, but I could probably deadlift about 170, 180 kilos. You know, I, I could, I could lift. I was, you know, I'm, I've always been very strong. So going from that to all of a sudden looking at my legs and, and I kid you not, my muscles switched off. They went to nothing. It was literally skin. And at the back of my legs, it's still, Like that a little bit. I've been doing exercises, so things are kind of waking back up, but I will get to that in the next few episodes. And honestly, I cannot describe to you how scared and petrified I was talking to the consultant and looking at myself and thinking, Am I going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life? Now, Tune in to part two, because I'm going to take you through the conversation with the consultant and things that have kind of happened, you know, in the in the early days of me being in the ward and the conversations that I've had with consultants, doctors, physios, especially, and how I had to handle these situations. So I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope that it's bringing some awareness to you around, you know, called the requiner syndrome. It's a very rare syndrome, but I think it, it's a condition that I really want to get light on, because I'm part of a uh, a, 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 a group, which is a charity for called the requiner syndrome. And there is, you know, incredible people there who have gone through this journey. And, you know, every single journey as I've, as I've been looking at and as I've been learning about, it's completely, completely different. Every single person has been completely different and the diagnosis have been completely different. You know, the the knowledge that gets shared seems to me as well that it can be different. And, you know, I really want to try as much as I can just to share my personal experiences, the things that I've been doing up until now and today being the 8th of November, 2023. Um, I just want to try and bring some light into this and share my my experience and in hope that it might help someone. So I hope that you've enjoyed this. If you have like share, um, leave your comments. You know, I just want to I just want to share some 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 of this information and I want to share this journey because I think it's so important for us to realize, and I will get to this further down the line, and I'll explain it in other episodes, that there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can buy health. And I've realized that, and I'll go into details of that further down the line. Have an amazing day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. And I hope that you have a glorious day filled with health, wealth, and abundance. And I'll speak to you very soon. Take care.